Scotiabank Saddledome. We are underway this hour of Flames Talk. It is Steinberg and Wes Gilbertson along with you from our Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge. It's uh, it's good to be back. Look where we are, Wes. We're at the Dome. It's September 13th. You know, I walked into the Dome yesterday for the first time, I think, since Canada Day, probably. And you're right. It, it feels right to be back. It's time. It, uh, it feels right in some ways, and also it feels like, oh, geez, the summer's over, um, which is also okay because it, it feels like it's time to get back to hockey season. It feels like it's time to get back into the groove. And honestly, we have been manufacturing topics for so long that I'm okay with topics being manufactured for us for a little while. I'm okay with reacting to news as opposed to making up things that could be news or potentially uh oh if this were to happen then what or what might it look like if so i'm happy that we're back to having news that is somewhat made for us like we got a little earlier on this wednesday so it's it's good to be back in that respect yeah absolutely there you're gonna recognize some topics that we touch on today i think uh, might have come up over the summer dating back to the end of uh, the season in April, but we have some fresh news on them. Uh, we kind do of. indeed. K- kind of. At least at least we have some fresh comments that we can react to. Yeah. Uh, Steinberg, Wes Gilbertson from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge at the Dome. Uh, we're here as things are starting to wrap up for the 42nd Annual Calgary Flames Celebrity Charity Golf Classic at Glen Eagles and Cochrane and Country Hills up in the north. And uh, as we speak right now, everybody's on their way back. Stay tuned for some live guests. Looking forward to uh, chatting with some members of the Flames here on Flames Talk as, as we continue along. But yes, uh, we're available wherever you get your podcasts. You know that. And we were up bright and early on Wednesday morning at Country Hills as uh, a number of Flames players were playing out of there. And a few play Flames players spoke to us. And, and the players that spoke to us, um, two of them were the, uh, well, the, the top two headliners when it came to offseason news in Noah Hannafin and Elias Lindholm. Both guys came out, spoke to, I don't know, seven or eight of us media folk um, and of course the main line of questioning was obvious in terms of what their future was so yeah we do have some new comments and and it's not like either of them were surprised as to what the subject matter was going to be shouldn't have been shouldn't have been surprised anyway and uh, but I'm really curious as to what the reactions are going to be as we're going to hear from both guys in just a second but just uh, generally what were your thoughts uh, hearing from those two guys earlier on Wednesday morning I I thought one of them was better prepared for the line of questioning than the other or or one of them maybe to be more fair was um just handled it a little bit better. I I think it's kind of as simple as that. Yep. I, I know we're going to hear from Elias Lindholm shortly. Uh I I think people were hoping to maybe hear a different tone from Elias Lindholm today. His uh his tone did not exactly match 
at least from my vantage point, what we were hearing from them. And so, you know, I, I, I drove home to, to do some writing, drove home from Country Hills, and, and I don't live anywhere close to it. It's probably about a half an hour drive. And, yep. and quite frankly, that whole drive, I, I was throwing around in my head, geez, what, what can you read into this? What, what, what should we glean from Elias Lindholm's scrum today? And I'll be perfectly honest with you, and we're going to chop it up a little bit, but I still don't know the answer. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm really kind of puzzled, to be honest, by just the way it unfolded this morning. I, I agree. That was that was the way I came away from it. I was kind of I don't I don't want to we're going to play it right now, so I don't want to I don't want to kind of bias you if you haven't heard it. So we're we're going to play it for you right now and make your own just just listen to it. We're going to play it in its entirety. Elias Lindholm spoke to for about four and a half minutes on Wednesday morning to us. Most of the questions are about his future with the organization. Keep in mind that Elias is Doing media is not his favorite thing, and that's to put it lightly. He just—it's—it's it's one of the—it's one of the duties of being a pro hockey player that he likes the least. I think that is fair to say. So keep that in mind, and then add on top of that some uncomfortable line of questioning just based on the scenario. This was Elias Lindholm Wednesday morning as uh, he spoke to kickoff training camp and spoke here in Calgary for the first time since April. Elias, just uh, a lot of talk and uncertainty about a number of players entering their final year of their contracts. Uh, what is your approach here right now as uh, I'm sure these conversations are ongoing? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, a lot of guys on one-year deals and, uh, you know, we're just focusing on the on the season, you know. Uh, that's all I can do and try to be competitive out there and, and uh, have a good season. Are you are you open to remaining in Calgary playing long-term? Yeah. Yeah. So, so is like, are you maybe more open? Now? Like, with the new organization, new coach, and everything, does that affect a guy in his thought process? Or? No, I just been pretty clear that I'm willing to stay. So, that's about it. So, what is there a timeline at all for when you would like to potentially have an answer for for both sides? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, from my side, it's been pretty clear. So, what's it going to take for uh, for it to get over the finish line? I mean. There's a lot, but you know, we gotta work it out, and you know, but uh, right now I'm focusing on on the season, and, and the rest will take care of itself. Are you uh, are you evaluating how the start of the season goes? Does that make an impact on your decision? Were you happy with the developments over the summer with Huska being the head coach and, and Connie becoming GM? Yeah, I mean, it's exciting. Um, you know, no Husk for for you know been been around on the bench for for a long time, and and. Uh, uh, you know he's a great guy. Uh, haven't had as, much, as as a head coach, but uh, you know he's uh, you kind of kind of know where he's at, where he's at, and and you know talked to Russ and and Chile, uh, you know back in the days when they had him in, in uh, Stockton. So uh, uh, yeah, we're excited, and, and he's a great guy, and, and you know Connie's been around for for a long time too. So uh, we're all excited. Elias, when you look at this roster as it is today, I mean, there's some talent top to bottom here. What do you think this team today is is capable of? Uh, you know, last year we're we're coming in a lot of expe- expectations and and uh, on ourselves as well, and, and uh, didn't live up to them, and and uh, you know, still pretty close to to make the playoffs, and and uh, you know, still have the same team, and, and uh, you know. Uh, Maybe it's it's good for us to, you know, be be a little underdog here. 
were you were you hoping to have the contract stuff wrapped up before before today before you got to camp? Yeah, I mean, uh, that's something for my for my agent in Calgary to discuss. So um, I'll just uh, take it day by day. What is it about the organization or city that makes you happy to be here? No, I love it here. I love uh, you know Canada as a as a country and Calgary as a city. And and you know, ever since I got here, it's been great. Fans has been good, and and uh, you know everyone's treated me well, and and you know great teammates, and and you know everything else. So uh, you know, so far so good, and and yeah. As what are you sensing as you as you made your return to Calgary? And you talked about some of that optimism. But it, what is what are you sensing from the group as you as you come back into town ahead of the year? I mean. Uh, like I said, we, st- we still have pretty much the same team, and, and, and you know we had uh, we had some good good moments during the season last year. We just gotta you know string it all together and, and be be more uh, consistent, and and uh, you know we have some really good players, and and just gotta you know like I said be more consistent, and and I'm excited about the season, and, and uh, you know you you always uh, say if once you get in you you never know right, and and you look at Florida, they just uh, got in then in the last second there and, and almost made it the whole way. So uh, you never know. You just got to get in and you know take it day by day and, and uh, you know we'll see what happens. As one of the four guys. Sorry, can I get one more in about the? As one of the four guys who wore an A last year, what, what's the importance do you think of this group naming a captain for this season? Yeah, yeah. I mean it's it's big, especially in the Canadian market to have you know have someone to you know. Uh, do the heavy lifting and uh, with all the media and, and uh, in the locker room and talk to coaches and so on. So uh, you know it's it's big and and uh, at the same time we're uh, I thought last year we we're, were you know Bax is good leader, Tano is good leader. We, we had some good leaders, so uh, you know it's just just got to be someone that wears the C and take the extra responsibility. That is Elias Lindholm from Wednesday morning ahead of the 42nd annual Flames Charity Golf Classic. That was at Country Hills Golf Course uh, on Wednesday morning. It was, what, about 8.30 a.m. when he spoke with us. And, um, and you know, I came away, and, and part of it might have been just the, uh, the body language as well, just because we were right there. But I came away feeling like, yeah, he uh, was he, – he knew the questions were coming, mm-hmm. but – really wanted to be as I'm trying to think of the right word to use as concise and maybe as I don't know opaque as possible I don't know how I don't know how tra- transparent is the wrong word I, he obviously wasn't being effusive it, when talking about the actual contact contract stuff it came across as a little standoffish to me and I I don't know that that's the way that Elias Lindholm meant it. I, I think probably there was an effort to just not get into the details, which yep. is which is his right. That's his personal business. Obviously, the questions are coming, but I, you know, I, I I've seen sort of some response out there. Well, he's just sick of of answering the same questions. Actually, today was the first time. He's been asked the questions yep. with the exception of an interview in Sweden. And so I think it would have just been reassuring for the fan base. I think it would have been reassuring for Craig Conroy and his staff at the Saddle Dome if there seemed to be a little more enthusiasm about the process. He, Quite frankly, to me, and you heard me ask him, 
are you frustrated it's not done yet? Like, there seemed to be a lot of frustration there. Yes, and that's a good word. At the end of that four and a half minutes, I'm not sure that we were any closer to to kind of figuring out what the frustration is. Is it that the negotiations have stalled? Is is it about finances? We heard him asked about deadline, and, and he said, you know, I, I think it's been pretty clear from my standpoint. So did something come and go that, that he – you know, was expecting an offer. I, I don't know. I, I don't think we're any closer today to really understanding that frustration that we were all sensing where it's coming from. Yeah, it, it, it seemed frustrated is a really good word. Text line, somebody says evasive is the word you're looking for. Yeah, definitely. it's not bad. Um, I think that's a, a really good way of characterizing it. And it's, it's not even criticism when we talk about it. It's just straight-up observation that um, – I, I don't a I don't think he was comfortable at all talking about it because that's he's not comfortable at the best of times doing media. I think that's fair to say. I'm not trying to say that he's not that, that he's socially awkward. No, no, no. I'm not trying to say that. Just some guys like doing media more than other guys do. Yeah. And I would say that Lindholm is not a big fan of it, and that's fine. Um, you know, I think there's lots of guys who don't like doing it, and that's fair because it can be a pain in the ass sometimes. But when you combine that with yeah, some some audible and visible frustration. It makes you wonder, so what? what is the root of that frustration? And that's what I've been trying to wrap my head around. We're not going to know, yeah. but it makes me wonder if – are the is is the contract that's on the table not to his liking, or there are are there parts of the contract that is not to his camp's liking? Is it frustrating that you know he believes he should be at point A and the contract's at point B? Um, is it just lip service saying I'm willing to stay, but he's he's already made up his mind, but obviously from a leverage standpoint doesn't want to to let that out of the bag? I, I these are all just hypothetical or rhetorical questions, but it's got me. Those are kind of the mental games that I've been. Playing playing since, since hearing that. Well, and it gets you wondering. It, it gets you wondering if the offer's still on the table. And, and everything that I know or have heard is, is that it is, but you walk away from that thinking, geez, what, what's up there? What, what's behind what we just witnessed? And you mentioned the body language. I, I'm sure you'll see it posted online at some point. You know, if you want to go watch it and again judge for yourself, we're we're not trying to put words in Elias Lindholm's mouth. Absolutely not. We're just trying to we're just trying to solve the riddle of, of what was said or what wasn't said today. Yep. And 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 as I put it to you and my colleague Danny Austin, we didn't get any answers today. I don't think we were expecting answers, but we do not feel any closer to having a read on the Elias Lindholm situation. Then we were. Yeah, it went in muddy, and it remains clear as mud after after hearing from him. And, and I mean, I even even two years ago at around this time when Johnny Gaudreau addressed us and said, you know, said, "Hey, I'll I'll address it one time. I'll take a question or two. And it just even then you felt a little bit more like you had a pretty good read on the situation. In that, okay, they don't have a contract right now. They're not going to negotiate, and that's going to be something that's going to be put on the back burner. At the very least, you had a feel, whereas this one remains really, really muddy when it comes to where the flames are and where Lindholm is. And it's it's kind of – it's very – 
different, and it juxtaposes the tone of Craig Conroy, who spoke about 10 minutes prior to Lindholm speaking, and he said, yeah, it's going in the right direction, and Elias wants to be in Calgary, and, you know, we, we feel like uh, we feel like it's going get to get to the destination, to paraphrase Craig. So, and, and look, Craig's always upbeat, and Craig's always got that energy, but just hearing him say it's going in the right direction, and 10 minutes later, hearing Lindholm not really give you that same feel, I thought was very interesting. Yeah, and even if Elias Lindholm had just said, hey, I I know everyone's curious about it. I'm going to leave the business side of it to Craig Conroy and my agent. It, it doesn't give us the information we're looking for, but you you can certainly respect that. It was just the way it was presented today that really left you wondering, hmm, what's going on yep. here? That's, that's and, and again... We don't have answers. I'm not trying to yeah. paint Lindholm one way or the other. It just you, you came away very confused, and maybe maybe we shouldn't have expected to have any more clarity, but we don't, and so that that's kind of my biggest takeaway. I'll read you a few texts. Let me, yeah, let me just ahead. jump in with one go more ahead. thing because it, it does make me it does make me curious about uh, something that I brought up earlier this week. I think it was on Monday's show. I was kind of wondering aloud about the impact of getting back to Calgary and, and and sort of seeing what this means to everybody, the the pressure being ratcheted up because when you go out to dinner, we heard Michael Backlund talk about how he was still at the airport when people were saying, hey, we hope you stay. It really, today, really makes me curious what the impact of that external pressure that Elias Lindholm is going to feel, what is the impact of that going to be? Uh, read some text here at nine sixty nine sixty. This from Jeff. Uh, I'm a bit confused with Lindholm. His dismissal of the coach and room being a problem last year surprised me. His statement, I'm willing to stay, doesn't scream enthusiasm and being a flame, but then he says he loves Calgary. I'm hearing a lot of mixed signals. Is this maybe just a dollars or cents issue? Today's comments made me more puzzled with his future. That comes from Jeff. And I, I think that's fair. I definitely, I'm not less puzzled. I don't know if I'm more puzzled, but I'm yeah. definitely not less confused as I was or, or less uncertain as I was before. Yeah, and, and Jeff. Jeff certainly wouldn't be the only one left wondering if this was sort of just a financial situation after the way it played out today. And, and maybe it is. There there was some frustration there over something, and, and we just don't know exactly what it was. This says it feels the Flames and Lindholm are miles apart in terms of money, terms, signing bonuses, or trade protection, or a combination of above. Could very well be. I, like, we know there's a big offer on the table. We know that, like, I, I am very confident that there's an eight-year deal for a good chunk of money um, on the table right now for Elias Lindholm. And the speculated numbers, I'm, you know, eight, seven, five, nine million per year. Like, there's a, there's a big deal on the table. I don't know if that means the Lindholm camp is looking for more. I don't know if that means that the that, that there are you know certain parts of the contract that maybe they're button heads or or not um, completely on the same page over. I don't know, but I think that's a a fair question to ask. Maybe he just had a really good driving range session because every golfer knows that if you hit it too well on the range, it's going to be a rotten day. So it could have been that too. Good point. Somebody said maybe maybe his his golf game is not very good, and he was not looking forward to playing. Um, this says they all love Calgary. Who doesn't he know? Uh, what he doesn't know is if Calgary's going to compete for a Stanley Cup anytime soon. They all want uh, they all want 
that with good money. Um, this says, I think everyone's waiting to see how the team performs. If they start 10 and 20, does anyone want another eight-year contract? If they're a contender and everyone's having a, a fun, a long-term deal makes way more sense for everyone. And I think what we're saying, and these are great texts, please keep them coming. I think what we're saying is if it's one of those reasons, just like Michael Backlund came out and told us, hey, I'm going to be up front with you guys. I want to win. I want to see we can win here. Elias Lindholm could have all sorts of reasons. Well, and he was he was asked that straight question straight up and said yeah. no. Like, right. are, are you evaluating the start of the season? Does that nope? Yeah. So, so which was also very interesting to hear. Yeah, and so I guess what Elias Lindholm has done is just left it open for all of us to be sitting here guessing what what the yeah. rationale could be. Yeah, and again. This is his – listen, this is his business. It's not, I suppose, up to you – know, you know, if you want to keep your contract details as private as you can until it's on the internet, yeah, go for it. That, that's absolutely – you know, if you want to say, hey, I'm not, I'm not talking about the negotiation, that's your right. Yep. It's just I think Elias Lindholm made things more difficult for himself today with how he handled those questions uh this reads nothing about lindholm's demeanor quotes or behavior indicates in any way that he wants to be a flame he wants to be paid and is willing to take the flames money since he won't be able to get as much elsewhere if conroy actually wants to keep players who are proud to represent the flames they need to move on the prospect of losing lindholm isn't great but the prospect of overpaying a guy who's straddling 30 who isn't at all passionate about wearing the flaming c is a far worse alternative uh this says sounds like the Flames can keep him for a lot of money. He doesn't sound too thrilled to be here. All sounds scripted to the point of tell them what they want to hear. Uh, Vegas has made no friends with wheeling and dealing. Look what they've done. Uh, this says, I actually liked Lindholm's tone. It didn't feel like lip service. Shouldn't we take him at his word when he's frank with what he says? It feels a bit like various outlets have been putting words in his mouth all summer. I get why he'd be short and to the point. It's probably frustrating when you feel like you don't have control over your own narrative. Um Birdie and Highwood, good neighborhood, uh, wouldn't read too much into Lindy's tone. He always sounds like that to me. Was probably expecting the questions, but wanted that to be done with uh, and be done with the topic as fast as possible. Also maybe feels a bit like he's being painted as the villain in the narrative and slightly defensive, but overall sounds like the usual Lindholm to me. Hope they work it out and sign him up. And finally, Tyler and Bone. Oh, you want to react to that one? No, I just want yeah. to I, – I, I'm curious how you feel about that. Is Lindholm – not being painted as the villain, but has he become the bad guy in, in this situation? I think in some, for some. I, I, I will push back on that all day. Yep. I don't think he is. I think he is He is well within his rights as a player who has been, he's been nickel and dimed before. Mm-hmm. He's He's been uh, ground down on contract negotiations. He's entering the final year of a six-year deal that for almost every, I think pretty much from the minute it was signed, and certainly once the puck dropped in his first First game as a member of the Calgary Flames. That's been one of the best value contracts in the NHL for five sixths of the deal. Yeah. With that sixth sixth coming up uh, and and about to complete it, like he will finish a six year deal as one of the best bargain contracts in the NHL. So he's been nickel and dimed before, or he's you know he's been through it where he didn't have the leverage, the team had the leverage, and they exerted it. So I don't ever have a problem with a player using every bit of their leverage and and you know pushing 
pushing their side of the story. And so if him and his camp believe that leverage is best served by waiting to make up your mind, waiting to give a decision, or if he is just taking as as much time as he needs, and let's be honest, he still has like nine months until he needs to, ten months until he needs to make a decision, he is well within his rights to take as much time as he needs. And, you know, we can talk all about how, you know, Matthew Kachuk gave him a heads up or it's reported that Noah Hannafin, who we'll hear from later this hour as well, um, gave them a heads up. That's all fine and dandy, and that's great, but it doesn't mean that Lindholm has to do his business the same way Player X or Y did his business. You have earned the right to be an unrestricted free agent in less than a year's time, so he's earned the right to handle it however he wants, and I, I firmly believe that. Yeah, and and I I couldn't echo that sentiment more. I, and yet there are some, and I, I don't I don't blame them, but there are some who say, well, he's holding the flames up, or he's making it difficult on the flames, right. and so if you're a if you're just a straight up you cheer for the team and that you just want the best for your team, like a lot of people do, I can understand why you'd be frustrated by it. I just think looking at it from the outside, I, I don't I don't see him doing anything wrong. This is part of the business. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, part of maybe what we're seeing unfold in terms of public sentiment is that Craig Conroy has been over the top up front about the priority being to sign Elias Lindholm. He's you know, he's talked about what Lindholm means to the organization. He's He's patiently answered questions every time. It's, do you have an update on Lindholm? Do you have an update on Lindholm? It's always focused on, we really want to get this guy signed. And so you you have heard this sort of long line of praise from Craig Conroy. And all we've heard, and I thought it might change today, but all we've heard from Elias Lindholm is, I'm willing to stay. And followed up by some nice things of, about his teammates and the organization and the city of Calgary. But, you know, if you're putting the comments on the the old way scale, there's a lot more evidence of the Flames courting and wanting to make a long-term commitment to Elias Lindholm than there is evidence of the other way around right now. Yep. And I think maybe that's why there's some frustration in the fan base with Elias, I, I know even if you look at your social media mentions, oh yeah, there's certainly some people who are ready to say farewell to the first line center. Uh, a couple more texts. Uh, this one from Stu. Let's see if I can find it. Where to go here? Uh, here we go. Stu in Calgary. Uh, Elias is doing exactly what all other players do in his situation. He's not about to tell the media how his contract negotiations are going. He clearly said that he wants to be a flame, hopes that he can sign here. What more can we ask? And finally from Tyler and Boness, uh, I felt Lindholm's response was about as straightforward as when I asked my three-year-old if it was her who drew on her bedroom wall about as clear as mud. That comes from Tyler in Boness. Uh, that is reaction on the Lindholm front. That's a good text from Tyler, by the way. Well Keep done, us posted Tyler. on how that conversation goes. Yeah, please goes, do. Please. I'd like to. Yeah. I'd like to hear that. Uh, we've got as a couple of fellow fathers, uh, we'd like to <laughs> the investigations continuing. I, I'll give you my fatherly advice as a fellow father, Tyler. Uh, as we know, I just family man, Pat over here. Um, let's hear from Noah Hannafin um, because he also was, you know, very similar line of questioning, exact same situation. As Elias Lindholm, his uh, NHL teammate, the entire way through. Uh, here's Noah Hannafin, who spoke at Country Hills on Wednesday morning ahead of the Flames Charity Golf Classic. 
Well, no, just a lot of talk, just about uh, this year for you and a couple other guys. But how do you approach this year? And I guess just the idea of being back or, you know, kind of seeing how your future plays out. Yeah, no, I'm excited. You know, it's been, uh, you know, it's been kind of a crazy summer, and you know, a lot of speculation. We're not out there, a lot of change in the in the organization, but really excited to be back. You know, be back with all the guys, and you know, I got here last week, spent skating with everybody, and. I think it's a big year for us as a group, and you know I'm just excited to get it going. Craig indicated that in the summer you had suggested that you might not sign here long term, but that that door was still very much open. Is that how you see it as well? Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, I think uh, I think there's just a lot to digest. Last summer, after after the year we had, not making the playoffs, and um, you know a lot of expectations on the team, and for me personally, you know, I just want to see uh, you know, how this year kind of played out a little bit and, and take my time a little bit, but. Uh, you know, it's a it's a big year for the group and, and a big balance back year for us and, and me individually as well. So, um, you know, I'm excited to get it going. What would have to happen for you to consider staying beyond this season? Um, I'm not sure yet. You know, I, I haven't really thought too much about it. You know, I think right now it's just about having a good camp, you know, kind of focusing on the now and coming out and having a good start at the team and, and, and winning some hockey games and, and seeing where it goes from there. You know, it's a great group of guys, great organization, so many good people here. I love the city. Um, you know, so I'm just... Uh, I'm just excited to see how it plays out a little bit. Are you willing to have conversations in season about extending, or is it sort of? Yeah, you know, for sure. I think uh, you know, Craig and my agent kind of handle that that whole business side of it. You know, my uh, my agent Pat, and, and uh, I kind of let them handle that. And I told I told my agent, you know, this is a big year for us as a group, and I just want to focus on hockey right now. And you know, if there's conversations that need to be had, you know, it'll be had. So I'm, uh, like I said, I'm just kind of focused on on the on the game right now. You're you're approaching potentially something you've never experienced before, which is unrestricted free agency. Does that kind of add a little bit of nerves or excitement or pressure to a guy? Like, how do you approach? No, no, for sure. I mean, I think it's it's, it's a big year, but, you know, it's just uh, it's just another year as well. You know, I've played, I've played for uh, for a long time now. It's going to be my ninth season, and just got to go out. And, you know, I feel I've learned learned a lot and, and, and gotten better in different areas, and I'm looking to take another stride in my game this year and, and, and see what happens. Was there anything different about your season off-season training that uh, you wanted to – Implement into the coming into this year? No, I think it, I mean unfortunately, you know, it was a little bit of a longer offseason than we would have wanted. But you know, I think uh, just you know having that shoulder surgery a couple of years ago got to, to work on that a little bit and got a little bit strong in the summer. So um, you know, I feel good. My body feels good, and, and uh, just really excited to get it going. When you look at this group uh, on paper right now, this is a pretty pretty solid roster, top to bottom. Uh, does that kind of play into decisions that you and others make, or or is this just a matter of seeing how? It, goes out of the gate no it's a great group and I think last year obviously we had a few uh, changes to the team and and I think uh, just having that one year under our belt I think we're all familiar with each other now and I think having another you know go at it again this year will be huge for us as a team and and I love the guys here so I'm just uh, I'm very excited to to see what we're capable of this year and and, uh, obviously Huss coming in you know he's a he's a great coach you know I've had him for a long time as a D coach I think he's going to be unreal as a head coach and make a lot of the guys ready to buy into that. What is it about him that makes you think that he can be successful here? Because he does have the relationship and certainly has worked with the decor. Yeah, sure. I think that's it. You know, he has such a good relationship with the, with the players, and I think that's huge. And at the same time, you know, he's hard and he demands a lot out of you and, and he pushes guys, but he also, on, on the relationship front, you know, he's very approachable and, and uh, easy to talk to and lets you know uh, what's expected. So I think he's going to be a great fit for us. It's early, but do, you, coming here as well? but do you have a sense of maybe what the identity can be under him? Uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's gonna be interesting to see how camp plays out a little bit. Uh, I know he has some plans for us as a group, but um, you know, we we know what we're capable of. We got a lot of good players in this locker room, and, and and we know the style we need to play to be successful, and, and you know, be physical, be fast. You know, I think there's gonna be uh, obviously some some younger guys in the lineup this year, which will be good to see, and, and guys that bring a lot of jams to the game. So uh, I think as a group and me individually, just very excited just to to get camp going. 
That is Noah Hannafin, who also spoke uh, at the Flames Charity Golf Classic on Wednesday morning before they teed off at Country Hills. And, um, you know, hearing that compared to what we heard from Elias earlier this hour, um, you know, I, I don't know if the what was being said was all that, you know, drastically different. Only thing that I think was a little bit different in hearing from Noah was tone was maybe a little bit different, one. But number two, he, he did say that, you know, he wants to see what's going on. You know, he said that I, I did not want to sign this summer or I decided not to sign this summer, but wants to see what this year is going to hold for the Flames. You know, when he was asked about what things that are, are going to make the difference, he didn't really give it, you know, didn't didn't specify what those are. Yeah. But, you know, he, he did say that, yeah, he wants to see what the start of the season looks like or see how things play out this year, and which is, is, is a little bit different than what the narrative has been, that the feel has been, well, Elias doesn't uh, sorry not Elias Noah has, has said he's not going to be coming back even past next year um and he said he 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 said absolutely the door is still open for him to return yeah and uh and we'd heard Craig Conroy moments before sort of pour some water on on the idea that he absolutely wouldn't be back you know and, and so that set the table basically to paraphrase Craig he said um He's he said he wouldn't sign this summer, but that doesn't ma- mean he won't sign. Yeah, and, and so that sort of gave you know Noah Hannafin an opportunity to echo the GM, and and I thought he took advantage of that. As as you said, there's no details on exactly what would maybe sway him to stay, and I think it's important to note too, there's not an offer sitting on the table for Noah Hannafin. Like the the two sides did not negotiate through the summer. There's a lot more at play, I guess, with with Noah Hannafin's situation. Maybe that's not the right way to put it, but what I'm trying to say is the Flames have an opportunity to see how Oliver Shillington looks after a year-long personal absence. They have an opportunity to talk to Nikita Zadorov about what sort of money he might be looking for. They have an opportunity to look at the left side of their blue line and say, okay, who fits our top four? Who are we keeping? If Elias Lindholm doesn't sign, they don't have a first line center. It's not that cut and dry with the Noah Hannafin situation. And, And maybe that's why the temperature is a little bit lower on this one is it makes sense for the Flames to also take some time and just gauge this situation. I, I, I know Noah Hannafin's name was the subject of trade speculation all summer, and I think the Flames entertained offers for him. And yet, it's a little bit different, I think, both publicly and internally, the fact that there's not an offer sitting there and wondering, hey, when are we going to get this done? Hey, uh, there, there's no question the Flames entertained offers this summer, and and I don't, you know, I think there were some, there were some very, from from what I understand, there were some very interested parties. But you know, Craig Conroy, to his credit, is not just going to trade him for a song, or not just going to trade him because you know there's a risk he won't be back. I, I think that they are very willing to go into the season with Noah not signed beyond this year and see if they can maximize maximize trade value in season, which I think is is important. Like if you've got a price, and and they should have a high price. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Noah. 
a guy who what is is probably in the 35 to 45 point range plays 22 minutes on on a top two pairing on at any least, team yeah. in this league at least mm-hmm. um I think he's in the seven million plus range when it comes to his next deal. So he's going to get a a hefty contract, and and his age, you're getting him at twenty six, twenty seven years old. So you're getting him for if he goes to unrestricted free agency, you're getting him for seven years of really still really good hockey, or eight years yeah. uh, of really good hockey, depending on when and who he signs with. So uh, I I think that um, the Flames should be looking for high-end value for Noah. And, and uh, you know, it's funny, the different things, because we were all tweeting out different quotes from Country Hills on, right. on uh, Wednesday morning, and, and the one that I kept on seeing in response to the Hannafin stuff was, well, what else is he going to say? Because that narrative has been out there that he's not going to re-sign past this year, and both Craig and Noah kind of poured some cold water on it, as you said. And a lot of this, like, well, of, what, of, course, of course he's going to say that. You don't want to hurt your leverage. Flames don't want to hurt their leverage, which is fair. If that's what they're doing, you can understand why they're doing it. Um, but I, I thought that uh, I thought it was interesting that, that both sides kind of took that united front and saying that, no, nope, the door is still open for him to resign. My gut says he still gets dealt. My gut says he still is elsewhere to start next season and by the end of this season. But... I, I did. I did find that interesting that both sides came out and said that today. Well, and it, it leaves the Flames with an important amount of leverage in trade negotiations. If if you come out today and say, "Yeah, no, it's not re-signing. We got to move him," and if Noah Hannafin comes out and says, "Yeah, I, I told Craig Conroy to lose my number and stop texting me," a trade's got to get done, and you don't have a whole lot of of leverage in, yep. in the scenario the sort of leverage you should have as you said with a defenseman who can play big minutes has played 600 regular season games at 26 years old like this guy has gobs of experience he's the type of skater who every team is coveting and who you know is going to age well he's been durable like there's so many reasons that teams should be interested in Noah Hannafin and because of what we heard today I think the Flames still have some leverage in those trade talks. The, um, you know, when yeah, you have conversations about, you know, what type of package might you get for a guy like Hannafin, I've always, I've always said, like, you, you got to be getting a first, and you probably got to be getting a, a pretty solid prospect in there as well if you're going to go down that road. And I feel like you maybe can go down that road more so with him than maybe others because of – They've got more depth on the blue line, so yeah. I thought to my, you know, I, I, I like Logan Stankoven in Dallas. I think that Hannafin would be a great fit with the Stars, that type of player. Or you, you look at, you know, whether it's Buffalo or Detroit or something like that. Teams that are on the rise, teams that uh, he would be really good, uh, a really good fit on, um, and that you can get a pretty solid prospect on You know, I'm less enamored with like a Boston system because they've been so good for so long. And do I think he'd be a great fit in his hometown? Of course I do. But I I don't know if that makes as much sense for Calgary. So that's the type of trade you're looking at where you're getting a really, really important piece or couple of really high end pieces back when we're talking about Hannafin. Yeah. And, and obviously what you're hoping for as Craig Conroy with any of these players that you're potentially mulling trade offers for is that a team 
gets sort of put in a bind somehow, that they have maybe an injury issue, that they have a, a young guy who hasn't developed the way that they've thought, that they have a hole, and I'm talking about now a team that should contend, looks and says, geez, we need a top four defenseman. Well, Calgary might be willing to move Noah Hannafin. Geez, we need a third line center. Hey, Calgary might be willing to move Michael Backlund, and that is how the Flames can further increase their leverage if they choose to go the trade route in these yep. situations is is hope now starting in a week we're playing hockey right and and things happen once you're playing exhibition and especially once you're playing 82 games that put teams in a different position than they thought they were going to be in. Yep. whether that's injuries whether that's something also probably injury related with the cap whatever that might be things could change now We've been talking about this subject going back to June and before, and it's been static. Nothing's changed. Well, starting now, you might be getting calls from teams that are in a little bit of a bind. Really curious to see how this one progresses over the next little bit as uh, we've heard from Elias Lindholm and Noah Hannafin on this Wednesday. We're underway this hour on Flames Talk. It's uh, Steinberg and Wes Gilbertson along with you. We're here at the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stone Lounge at the Scotiabank Saddledome. We're wrapping things up for the 42nd annual Calgary Flames Celebrity Charity Golf Classic. Start to get some, uh, as people make their way back from the two courses, start to get some guests uh, live with us here in the uh, Doug Lacey's Basement System hot stove lounge and don't forget go yeah go ahead we should share the big news today lanny mcdonald this is big news already already a legend in this town lanny mcdonald hole in one today at the links of glen eagles do you know what hole was number 12 hole 12 yeah how is hole? you're a cocker you guy. gotta be you gotta hit it across the ravine it's not that's no easy uh that's not an easy golf hole. Okay. So that's yeah. like, that was a high degree of difficulty on the uh on the one. And uh Lanny McDonald, farm boy from Hannah. If you were wondering at seventy years old how strong Lanny still is, that was an hundred and seventy yard seven iron, so He's still got it. 170 on a 7. Not bad. Not bad at Not all. Not bad at all. Uh, congrats to Lanny. Hole in one on 12 at the links of Glen Eagles and Cochrane. That's, uh, that's, that's a pretty neat little uh, footnote to the 42nd annual Charity, Gla uh, Charity Golf Classic. He's already accomplished more in Cochrane than I did, and I lived there for 20 years. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. I can't disagree. <laughs> uh, Heritage Classic is coming up October 29th at Commonwealth Stadium in Edmonton. Battle of Alberta round one this season. And we've got tickets to give away all next week. Be listening to the big show with the boys in the morning all next week. They'll have a pair of tickets to give away each day. Or with new tickets now available for purchase on a first-come, first-served basis, you can uh, secure yours now. If you don't want to chance it, which, of course, it's always good to win. But if you want to guarantee your seats, you can also do so by going to Ticketmaster.ca slash Heritage Classic. One more time, that's Ticketmaster.ca slash Heritage Classic if you want to secure yours now. Talking your team right now. Flames Talk is on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. This hour continues from the Scotiabank Saddledome and the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge with uh, Wes Gilbertson. My name is Pat Steinberg. Uh, you want to hear from Craig Conroy? Be a good way to kind of wrap up the hour. We heard from Elias Lindholm yep. and we heard from Noah Hannafin 
Might be uh, might be good to hear from Craig because uh, Conroy talked about everything too, um, and was asked some pretty point blank questions about the futures of a lot of his players, um, and. As as we said earlier this hour, you know, there's there was some stuff in there where he's he's talking. I don't want to say that he's giving definitives or anything like that, but still talking pretty optimistically or pretty positively about things. Yeah, I think that's a perfect direction to go. We we've talked about the future of two and and in some ways of six soon to be or pending free agents. So let's hear uh, what the general manager had to say at Country Hills this morning. This again was, uh, and it's the uh, Conroy for air is the one that will play here, Cam. This uh, this was again at Country Hills uh, on Wednesday morning. This was the general manager of the Calgary Flames. Is uh, He kind of kicked off the year with us. Well, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, everybody wants to get things done quickly. And, you know, but when it's guys with one year left they do have one year left they're all excited to be back and you know we'll continue to talk to them I mean that's really the what we've been doing all summer and you know I think it's a different landscape everyone knows the cap or thinks the cap's definitely going up so uh, you know there's gonna be more money out there and and that's that's probably part of the challenge right now and then other things are you know a lot of teams are right up against the cap because it only went up a million dollars this year so it's 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 been challenging but uh, you know we're just gonna work through it are you at any point or at any thought, do you think that there's a chance that you want to try and convince those who may have indicated they may not re-sign here? Is there a part of you that thinks, I'm still going to use this time to, to try and convince them that this is where they want to be long-term? Yeah, I mean, they haven't said to me, I want to be traded, I don't want to be here. You know, I think it's uh, the way the season went last year. It wasn't exactly the way we wanted to. Obviously, we had high expectations. We didn't live up to them, and, and not making the playoffs was a big disappointment. So I think everybody just... Uh, wants to see you know I think with Ryan and myself being new I think they're just they want to see where this team's at and I understand that that's their right you know and obviously you know we're going to work through that together the rest of the way so what happens does it change it for you if this team is in first place in in February I mean well you're hoping if we're in first place in February uh, you know then guys want to sign you know guys will want to stay and they'll be excited and they're happy and you know they're having fun hopefully and and then it does change things so I do think it's a little bit of they want a wait-and-see approach to see how the season's going to start, and, and we're doing the same thing. I only ask because you brought up Johnny Gaudreau and you're sort of introductory yes. and have learned from that. So what does happen if you guys are in a spot, don't have pen to paper from these guys? What then, do you do? Then those are the hardest decisions I'll have to make probably to you know in this job at that point. But, you know, like I said in the thing, you just don't want guys to walk for nothing, and, and that's the hard part. And that's the, you know... We want to be in first place then, and then those are the really, really tough decisions. And, you know, I guess that's what this job, that's when I signed up for this job. I knew it was going to be, there was a possibility. And, and, you know, but right now I just want to get them back, get them together and get them playing. And we we want to do well. I mean, obviously we want to be in first place. And then the real hard decisions will come, uh, you know, at that point. Optimistic about some of the conversations you've had with Elias? Yeah, I mean, it's been good. I mean, Elias wants to be here, and it's just, uh, you know, we're work, working on that with his representation, and we'll just continue to keep doing that. But, you know, he's, uh, I, I think it's it's going in the right direction. Do you, do you put a deadline on, on players? Like, do you want them signed by a certain date so you can figure out the strategy? Or Well, you'd like to have them signed now. <laughs> you know, you would love to have them signed now, and it's just, it hasn't, kind of worked out that way but we're just going to keep working through I mean like I said you know when you talk to the players today you'll see they're they're excited to be back they're looking forward to the, looking forward to playing for Ryan so you know everybody's 
probably every team, we're all optimistic right now. The season hasn't started. We haven't won or lost a game yet. But, uh, you know, the one thing I like talking to the guys all summer is how focused they are and how upset they were with the way things went last year. So to know they're coming back with that chip on their shoulder and the, the work they put in the summer, I mean, I saw Marks from the other day at the gym and, you know, talking to him in the summer, he was he was skating earlier than he's ever skated, driving an hour, uh, working with goalie coaches in Sweden, and, uh, you know, he's really focused. And I think just like that, everybody else doing the same thing. Can you describe what it was like going through this offseason where you're kind of in this waiting period with some of your pen and UFAs and you're sort of days away from training camp and you're still in that position and you're basically dancing with the risk that some of those guys might leave for nothing. It's tough. I mean, you know, you, like I said, you love to get things done, uh, but with the cap only going up a little bit and now everyone thinking that not really sure where the cap's going next year, it's been a little bit more challenging. You always want to get guys done, locked in, but I think after last year, they, they want to see where the team's going and what's happening and how, what it's like with Ryan, what it's like with myself, and I, I understand that. So I'm not... You know, I was a player too. I understand, hey, this is uh, something that they've earned so they don't have to rush. And at some point, you know, I got to make those, you know, like we talked earlier, makes hard decisions one way or the other. If, if we can get something done, great. If, if not, then it's then it's the real the real hard decisions. Just one last one. If it does come to a point where you have to move on from some of those guys, what would you want in return? Well, you know, you always have things. You go through, you go through players that... Uh, similar value you think so you look at what they got for the return so you're kind of in that ballpark you know so it's never a sure thing what you're going to do maybe it's a player for player maybe it's picks uh, you just never know so you know there's always a lot of different options going on he, he just you know honestly like i know what's been out there but he just said you know right now he didn't want to you know he wasn't going to resign over the summer he wants to see how it goes this year he has no problem. You'll you'll hear him today in Calgary. He, he he has no problem being a Calgary Flame right now, but he did indicate that he wasn't going to resign in the summer. But that doesn't mean he won't ever resign. That's Craig Conroy from earlier on Wednesday as well. That last part, uh, I think, is the one that uh, maybe raised the most eyebrows. I mean, right kind of near the beginning, he said that uh, moving in the right direction with Elias Lindholm and uh, Elias wants to be here in Calgary and then also talked about Noah Hannafin there. And uh, he indicated he didn't want to sign over the summer, but that doesn't mean he's not going to sign, which I think raised some eyebrows for some people too. Yeah, a, a really interesting and, and sort of valuable bit of detail, I think, from Craig Conroy there that, that potentially there is still some room for change in, in the in the Noah Hannafin file. I think you and I are on the same page. I, I think, you know, I would personally be surprised if number 55 is on the Calgary Flames roster by the end of this season. And yet, as we talked about in the last segment, you do – if you're going to entertain a trade as they will, you need some leverage there too. And the fact that this isn't, uh, you know, to, to quote Slapshot, trade me right blank now. Yep. That's helpful. Yep. I don't, I don't know if those are the exact words that he might have used, but could have been. Yeah, you never know. 
Probably not. Uh, he's Wes Gilbertson. My name is Pat Steinberg. Busy first hour. We heard from Elias Lindholm. We heard from Noah Hannafin. And we heard from Craig Conroy. We're here at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome uh, and the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge. Yes, we're back in the hot stove. Doug Lacey's Basement Systems, Crack Foundation, Boeing Foundation Walls. They have a simple, permanent solution to stabilize your foundation. Contact Basement Systems. They're all things basement-y. Visit dlbasementsystems.com.